everybody. I'm Teresa Fien Millies, and this is Ninth Arcana, a tarot podcast. You know, actually, I want to start with a TLDR. As people, we don't usually say the things that we think. We mask, and we pretend, and we network, and we play nice. If you play nice, the cards are not going to talk to you. They don't mean anything. If you're relaxed and you trust the process, every single card is going to have a story for you. It's just paper. It's not magic. It's not life or death. It's not fortune telling. It's not that serious. It's art that reminds us of our experiences. It's just a suggestion. It's fun and it's creepy accurate sometimes. It's whatever you are and whatever you want it to be. That's really it. But no, please, keep listening to the podcast. I spent a lot of time on it. Thank you. Before I decide if I'm going to spend time listening to something, I like to see if there's a suggestion to what episode to start with. This is that episode. You're going to want to start here. It's called intuitive tarot because instead of opening a book and reading the meaning of the card, we open our mind and our heart. We relax in our body and we wait patiently for the information that already lives inside of us to appear and then we just accept it. The more that we accept without judgment, the more information comes. But this is a podcast and there should really be some structure. I've already got 15 pages in Google Docs explaining how I'm actually going to do this. And that includes episode one being explaining how I'm going to do this. I have seven decks, actually eight, because I have the first deck that I'm going to pull the card from that tells me what card to pull from all the other decks. And for each card, I'm going to read the Rider weight, and I'm then going to do my exercise that opens me up and I'm going to read the rest of the cards. I'm also going to update the album art each episode so that you can see the cards that I'm talking about. The goal here is to relearn the symbolism. I'm reintegrating the symbolism to relearn the cards as the person that I am now, instead of the person that I was whose life completely changed so much that the cards stopped making any sense. In this episode, I want to talk about how I make myself open, where I think the messages are coming from, and what tarot is and how it works. The messages that we get, and I use the word messages because I just don't have a better word. The word messages is, is very connected to uh, very woo-woo spirit guides. Some people think it comes from spirit guides. It might just be a thing that you know that you didn't know you knew. And I can kind of go either way on this. There's a lot of time in my life where I thought that my grandmother was talking to me or somebody's spirit guide was standing behind them telling me names of ancestors that they should know. And they did. But I've never seen a ghost. I've never seen a guide. I've never physically been in the presence of a thing that I can say, talk to me. Which brings it back to the question. Are psychics real? Maybe. Am I psychic? No. 
I'm just able to be open and then I'm able to say the thing that I have no idea is correct or not. But honestly, it really often is correct. I've said the most random things and people have burst into tears. We all have this deep fear of being wrong. In tarot, you have to accept that you could be totally wrong. You have no idea what's true and what's real. So why not just let go and be open to the possibility that maybe you know more than you think? And that's when we can trust what we're saying. But it honestly doesn't matter if you're talking to the dead or if you're just guessing and saying the thing. Observation and clairvoyance are separated by a very thin thread. As a card reader, I have read the descriptions in the books. I have not ever read front to back a book. Maybe the one, um, a little bit of tarot. It's like 90 pages and it's really great. That one I've read back to back. But I'm not a book reader. I am a doer. I'm a referencer. I'm a bullet pointer. I'm a get to the information that I need right now person. So I read cards intuitively because it's the quickest way. It's the scariest way. So instead of opening a book, we open our heart and our mind and our body to information and sensations. I really feel like the walls that we build around ourselves are the enemy of our sixth sense. I go back and forth on a lot of metaphysical information. I was very deep into a coven that was about alternate dimensions. I've done ayahuasca. I have seen some very intense things and I've come back to earth. And the only thing that I really truly believe in now is vibrations. It's something that has been proven by quantum physics. We totally don't understand it, but it's there. Every living thing emits a vibration. Every energy, every thought, every action, everything has its own signature. I can only read cards for people who are open, who have their doors open, their cells open, whatever it is that makes them willing to have a conversation with me and willing to accept what I'm doing. If they don't and they sit down and they're a wall and I can't, I just can't feel anything, then I don't read for them. I ask them to leave. I have done this before. And that they don't like that because that means that I'm a shyster and um, a fraud. But that's fine. There's absolutely nothing I could have said to that person to make them believe in my cards. Because it's not my goal. My goal is to look at a picture and tell a story that will connect with the person sitting in front of me. And that's all it is. What's scary is that in our lives, walking around we're all closed up. We have no vulnerability because why would we? We guard ourselves at any given time from anything until we're in the presence of someone or something that makes us feel like ourselves and makes us feel calm and makes us feel centered and makes us feel happy. I associated my cards with a couple of situations that made me feel the absolute opposite of those things. And the energy that I felt from the cards made me feel closed off. And I couldn't read them anymore because I was afraid. I recently realized that these are mine. I have, I think, 87 decks of cards in my house. 
I've owned a deck of cards since I was 13 years old. I've been reading about witches and vampires since I could read. I am the occult and I want it back. I want to feel it again. I've been waking up really early in the morning, like 5.30, and I've been going outside to meditate. I'm on day 45. My friend Luma posted something about a meditation buddy, and I secretly agreed and started meditating every day. Usually I wake up, I put on a hoodie, and I go sit on the porch for 10 minutes every single day. The time in between waking up and walking outside is less than five minutes, and in that time, my dream is still sort of going. And what popped in my head last week was how to calm and how to center. I had a technique six years ago that I don't resonate so much with anymore, and it doesn't work as well, and I couldn't think of a new way. Apparently, it came to me in a dream, which is absolutely something that I do believe in. I'm not sure about ghosts. I'm not sure about spirit guides. I'm not sure about um, fairies and gnomes, but your dreams are talking to you. So in this dream, I realized how to drop into my center. I have a really good friend that does something called MFR, myofascial release. The whole idea is that your body is covered with fascia and it is tight in places and needs to be released. Doing, um, doing MFR with her and going to MFR classes taught me about how to feel different parts of my body. A really quick explainer is if you sit with your feet flat and your hands on your knees, you close your eyes, where is your consciousness? Where is your awareness? Where are you inside of your body? I'm right behind my eyes. We sit inside of our head. We sit in our brain. Day-to-day is logic time. We, we rarely have time to, to get into any other parts of our body. Except like if you stub your toe, all of your awareness goes to your toe. If your back hurts, your awareness is in your back. So thinking about, can I feel my right wrist? And moving inside of your body, through your body, to your right wrist and sitting there and knowing that you're in your right wrist. It takes some practice. But this is what I needed to drop down to my center and feel myself and know who I am and open up and be vulnerable because you can't be vulnerable without trust and without safety. But in order to be fully yourself, to have your awareness and your spirit fill your whole body, not have other people's expectations, not have what you should be doing, or who you should be in any part of you, but to center and to be in your heart and to be you, like your highest self, your wisest self, whatever, you know, that is to you, the part of you that is God, the part of you that knows, the part of you that is calm and strong. That's where you read from. That's ideally where you live from, but I mean, we get there like 4% of the time. I call it the seven breaths. We want to go from your awareness being right behind your eyeballs, in your temporal lobe, in your logic, in your problem-solving brain, to being in your heart, which is maybe your heart, which is maybe your soul. I don't know, but the word centered makes sense to me, to be in the center of your body. 
Your thymus gland sits right on top of your heart. Your thymus is what creates T cells. Your immune system lives in your thymus. So if you have a heartbreak, somebody breaks up with you, or you watch a really sad movie, your chest hurts because your immune system is reacting to the rest of your body. The idea that your heart breaks, your heart is a gland. Your heart is doing something, but I don't know what. What I do know is that your thymus is changing the way that your body and your immune system is reacting to the world around you. Inflammatory problems and autoimmune disorders are absolutely made worse by stress. So if your immune system is calm, then your body is calm, then your awareness is calm, and you're centered, and your spirit is calm, your soul is calm. I don't know where I read this because it was years ago, but I heard somewhere that the thymus is the seat of your soul. It could also be your pituitary gland, like there's a million different uh, religions and traditions. But I like the idea of the thymus as the seat of your soul because it reminds me of, like, they always tell cancer patients to stay positive. This is why. Because your T cells are what fight infection. And if your T cells are down, then you can't, you can't fight your infection. And I, I do know that your attitude has nothing to do with the outcome of your cancer. But your attitude does have something to do with your life. If you come into your day irritated and closed up in a wall, you're going to have as not a good a day as if you're able to feel open. But in order to feel open, you have to feel safe. I drop into my thymus and into my heart in order to read cards. I do this by taking seven intentional breaths to get into my chest and center my energy so that I fill my whole body with myself and I can speak from a place of confidence. Hooray! Where did the messages come from? I don't know. I have no idea. I have, well, I have ideas and I have theories and I have lots of years of trying to figure out where the information comes from. I really don't like the word messages. I like information. I like knowledge. Where does the knowledge come from? The knowledge comes from you and yourself and myself. And it comes from the culture that I live in. It comes from the people I'm around. It comes from everything that I have lived and integrated into myself. Are psychics real? I mean, maybe. I've been to a lot of them and some have felt more real than others. Am I a psychic? I'm absolutely not a psychic. I'm just able to be open and I'm able to say things that I have no idea correct or not. I don't have a lot of fear and I have a lot of trust in myself. But I've also spent a lot of time cultivating that trust in myself. And it's not, I don't think there's any God-given acumen for humans. We live lives and we have trauma and we have love. And we live in our story. We live our lives. During that time, if we're lucky, we integrate other people's stories. We live in our culture and we read books. We watch movies. We read articles. We watch Instagram. And we see stories from people that are not like us. And 
hopefully we're integrating that as real being exposed to human experience that is nothing like our lived experience is enriching on obvious levels but also on a tarot level because they're all symbols what does a rose mean to you in my lived experience roses mean my grandma and the women in my family my grandma has a rose tattoo two of my aunts have rose tattoos i have a rose tattoo it's love but not necessarily protection it's super complicated roses are super complicated And when I see a rose in a deck, I know that that rose came up on that card to tell me what I know roses mean, not what someone in a book said roses mean. Unless when I read that book, that meaning of that rose makes sense to me and I integrate it as part of it. I took a class very recently from um, Morbid Anatomy and it's an incredible class and I learned that the rose on the death card is a Tudor rose. It means secrecy. And I can see that and I feel that. And now that I know that I'm using it. All that just to say, whether you read every tarot book there is and use that, or you never read anything and just look at the picture and tell the story, that's zero to a hundred. And if you're a 20 or you're an 80 or whatever, it's all totally valid. You can read the cards. Everyone can read the cards. Especially if you have a deck that you like. If you, if you grab the Rider weight and it's, you know, kings and, and pomegranates and, um, people in drapey dresses and that clicks, no checks for you. There's no bells ringing. That's fine because it's not the only deck. There are hundreds of decks. If you on Amazon and type in tarot deck, I don't think it's possible that you won't find a deck that resonates with you. It's all resonation. It's all vibration. It's all being open to that resonation and wanting to. If you don't think it's cool, then why, why bother? Why do you have cards in front of you? In the many tarot books that I've read one or two chapters, This explanation from the Holistic Tarot is my favorite. I probably should have just read this to begin with. The cards tap into your limitless unconsciousness to mine out what you already know. Every decision we make affects the path we're taking towards our future. A decision could keep us on the same course and lead to that most probable outcome if we stay the course, or could take us off course to a new different path. That's why the future can never be set in stone. The divination fulfilling prophecy is a myth. When people say the cards can project the future, what they really mean is the cards can reveal to you the most likely destination of your current journey, based on which forks you've chosen in the road. When you make adjustments, when you change your future, therefore no, Nothing the cards predict will happen for sure. There is no power to the divination, only power in your unconscious, in your own free will. If today the cards show outcomes that are not favorable, the cards will also reveal what needs to be done to change course. The theory of chi. The human mind and the energies that comprise the soul are omnipotent. Thus, many believe it is the individual who affects the cards. 
By activating both personal and cosmic chi, we are the ones compelling the accuracy of the tarot reading. When a seeker shuffles the cards, he or she is infusing personal energies into them, an unconscious, instinctive, intuitive power in each of us that draws out the cards that will best allow our conscious power to make use of the information that is within. A tarot practitioner who is attuned to his or her tarot deck will integrate his or her energies into the cards so that the deck can draw out the appropriate spread that the practitioner can best interpret for the seeker. As the seeker physically handles the cards, he or she is infusing them with their energies. Some believe that remote tarot readings work because practitioners who have developed powerful intuitive abilities can channel into the seeker's energies without needing the seeker to be present. In such instances, the tarot is a mere extension, a tool, for the innate gifts of the practitioner who has developed an incredible ability to harness his or her chi for others. In Western occult cultures, these gifts are often called psychic powers, though it is vague and a misunderstood term. An ideologically Eastern translation of the concept of a psychic would be someone with, with a strong affinity with the cosmic chi that connects all living things. While chi, which can also be thought of as a personal unconscious, is a vital energy flowing through us. Cosmic chi refers to the unifying connection of all our vital energies into one universal energy force or the collective unconscious. Ding, ding, ding. There it is. It's the collective unconscious. This is, this is what's going on. So that's what we're doing here. We're pulling a card and we're talking about it. I would really, really love if you guys found my pod page and left me voicemail or sent me messages about what you want to know. If you want more tarot history or a specific deck or information about one thing, let me know and I will research it. I love to research things that someone wants me to research. And we're just going to play it by ear. We are going to plan and then not read any of the 10 pages. I'm sure that you can tell what I read and what I didn't. And I'll just not worry about it. And you'll just not worry about it. And we'll just talk about tarot. And it'll be great. Let's pull some cards. See what happens. Ninth Arcana is created, written, produced, and edited by me, Teresa Fien Millies. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 